Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, open up to Revelation chapter 1. And uh, I have a message that the Lord put on our heart, really, that ties into everything we're talking about. And even in uh, dealing with relationships as we have. How many know if you're going to be successful in relationships, you're going to have to have a higher perspective of what that means than just what's going on in the world today? The secular viewpoint on relationships is uh, pretty one-sided. But when you let God's Word speak to you about how to be in relationship with people, it elevates your view in that area. But I just, uh, the Lord laid this on my heart at the beginning of the week, and I really, Pastor Tim and I met on Tuesday, and I felt like going in a different direction, and God just kept stirring me in this area. Excuse me. And then I got confirmation Uh, as I went through the week on dealing with this. And the title of this message is just come up higher and uh, living above the cares of this world. And as I've been going through uh, the last several months here and just watching things and listening to things, um, it's amazing how much people are just dealing with life on a natural level. Just on, if you would, just, uh, just out of our own strength, our own abilities, our own resources, and really not seeing uh, what's happening. I shared it with you last week, if you were here, that even being on the cruise while we were with all these pastors and leaders on the cruise and the little lady sitting at our table that had, you know, motion sickness from being on the ship and she's sitting there and, and here's all these spiritual leaders and everybody's just feeling sorry for her and ask her if she's taking Dramamine or, or had taken any of the pills or doing whatever and so doing all this stuff and, and it just stirred up on the inside of me so I just got up and went over and prayed for her and when I saw her the next morning she was well amen and so but something happens to us where we're just finding ourselves more and more just dealing with everything we hear about people going through things and instead of rising up as we shared last week in our original authority and dominion we're just responding to life too natural so the word of God to us is to come up higher Revelation chapter 1 and I'm not going to read a lot of this to you but in in this area we know that this is given to John on the Isle of Patmos verse uh, um, 9 there he says I John your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ was on on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. So John says, I'm here because I'm preaching Christ and him crucified and risen again. So for preaching the gospel, I'm here breaking rock and imprisoned here on this island. And he says, saying, I, and I heard of, in verse 10, and I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as if a trumpet, as of a trumpet saying, how many, how many know that'd freak you out? The voice of the Lord behind you is loud as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Oh. How many know you might get up and run around the building? Amen. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see and what you, what you see, write in the book and send it to the seven churches in Asia. So I'm reading that as a precursor. So the Lord appears to John. He gives them the seven letters to the seven churches. And you read that from chapter 2 to chapter 3. And then you'll see in your outline, it's there in your outline, chapter 4 and verse 1. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven and the voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking 
with me saying that voice of the trumpet. I would know that's, that's exciting. It says, come up here. And that's interesting if I took time to talk about it. We believe in the rapture of the church, that the church is called up. We're not called to go through the wrath of God, but we're called to be redeemed and to be in heaven during this time. And this is significant of the body of Christ being raptured and the perspective of John now being from heaven, looking down on everything that's about to transpire from chapter 4 on. And so God elevates the 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 perspective of John for the rest of this book and I will show you things which must take place hereafter and first Thessalonians 4 says that we're waiting for the the sound of the voice of God and the archangel and the trumpet of God and the Lord Jesus and calling us up as well amen and so that's where we are but I want to share this with you this morning you need to change your view and you change your perspective how many have found that is true when you change your view you change your perspective and uh, I say this when it comes to counseling. People come for counseling a lot and doing that. Counseling is this. Counseling doesn't tell you what to do. It gives you another perspective. The purpose of counseling is not to tell you what to do. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel there is wisdom. Why? Because when you get counsel and you go to people, especially when you process up. If you get counsel on your own level, you're not getting much experience. Are you listening to me? But if you're going to process and get wisdom or get advice, always process up. So when I process up, I'm getting counsel. But if you get enough counsel, it's like having a 360-degree view of your situation, and you've been able to hear it and see it from other angles. Can we say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? That person's going to give you their opinion from their perspective, and you take all those perspectives to put them together, and you can make a wise decision so when you change your um, view you change your perspective and so asking people they have a different view of your situation than you do and they give you a different perspective but when it comes to walking with God if all we can see is what everyone else sees it will be hard to have faith for the things of for the things God has declared to us in his word faith must have a view that sees from a perspective that is higher than what the natural man sees so you and I, as just natural men and women, we have a perspective. You talk to people around you, they're just going to give you a natural perspective. And the good thing about godly counsel, hopefully, they're going to give you some godly counsel, which is going to come from a higher perspective than just natural man. Are you listening to me? That's so important. And so, if, uh, if put it in your outline, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says this, that the natural man doesn't understand the things of God. Because they are spiritually discerned. Or they have to be seen with spiritual eyes and received through spiritual understanding. So in order to understand the Word of God, people say, well, I've read the book, it doesn't make any sense. But are you born again? Because if you aren't born again, then your spirit is dead to spiritual things. So I'm, I have to be born again. But once I'm born again and, and, made, and the Spirit of God is alive on the inside of me, the Word of God now comes alive. Because this is a living book to be read by living people. Amen. And so God gives us that. Matthew chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, you could turn there with me. And I will illustrate this point to you this morning in this area about having natural eyes. And while you're turning, I'll, I've already marked mine, so I'll start while you're getting there. Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it 
from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Or Peter is hearing what the Lord's saying. Jesus is declaring to him this truth and revealing spiritual things and what's about to happen and God's plan of redemption. But Peter is only seen on a natural level. And so to his mind, I'm not going to let this happen. I love you. I've forsaken everything to follow you. There's no way that I'm going to let anybody take you and kill you. I'll give my life for you. But look at Jesus' response. Verse 23, but he turned and said to him, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. Now watch why. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Or in other words, Peter, your perspective on this, your viewpoint on this, is only from a natural level. If you'll just stay with me, I will elevate you so you can see from my perspective. Are you listening to me? So important to understand. So hear me this morning. Faith operates from an elevated position. If you and I are going to be people of faith, we're going to have to operate from an elevated position. It sees beyond the boundaries and the limitations that are before us. Faith sees the destination, the answer, the promise, and refuses to be discouraged or moved off with the hope of receiving it. If you read in, the, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, and it talks about those that says that we, they, they knew they were soldiers, and they were pilgrimers, and they were pressing through because they were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. They weren't here, so they pressed through every situation because their eyes weren't just on this natural world. They were looking forward. They were looking above into the hope and the promise of God being fulfilled. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by what? faith and not by sight. Sight is down here on this level. I'm walking by faith. I'm not walking just by what I see, but I'm walking because I have a view over and above what I see. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 and 15 says this, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. We just about that in, the, in that song. That, Lord, you gave your life for me. I'm giving my life to you. I want to live for you. I want to be in your presence. It was that area of surrender and giving our lives completely to the Lord. Amen? But how many know that's a different viewpoint than the world has about life? That's an elevated view over what life is about. So look inside your outline. So there's a difference between horizontal and vertical. How many know what horizontal? That, that's this way. That's this way. Vertical is this way. How many know that all prayer is vertical? That when you're talking to God, you're praying up. Amen? Because if you're praying on a horizontal level, there's no help on the horizontal level. Our help comes from the God. Amen? In fact, Psalm 60, I believe it is, that when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen? Hallelujah. And so there's two perspectives there between horizontal and vertical. Looking out and looking up are two different views. Looking out and looking down are two different views. Going higher removes the obstacles that are blocking our view. Height changes perspective and it changes access. Going higher gives us a different perspective and it gives us different access in life. I want you to get this statement that the Lord gave me as we began, as I began putting this together. What we can't see through, God sees over. What you can't see through. You're in a situation right now, you're facing a problem, whatever it is. Just because you can't see through it, it doesn't mean there's not an answer on the other side of it. 
And whatever you can't see through, God already sees over. And when we begin to live by, live by faith and not by sight, we learn how to elevate our life and our perspective where we get to the place where we're seeing what God sees and we bring our life, we bring our words, we bring our actions into agreement with what He is showing us from His perspective. Are you with me this morning? So think about this. We are seated, Ephesians 1, and I put it in your outline this morning. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. The view from there is different than the view from being seated in the earth. Just think about it. We're going to read it here. Paul says, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ever stop and think about just looking from there? Amen. How many of you ever been in an airplane? How many know the view changes from 30,000 feet? You get up there, and, and the, you're seeing the whole thing. I almost put up a picture of, 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 uh, from the space shuttle flying out in the view of Earth. Man, you get up there, it changes the view. It broadens the horizons, changes the perspective, brings clarity and understanding to area. It's amazing. I, mean, I, I always get amazed when I get up and they fly over farm country. I get amazed at the surveying capabilities that we have when you see the squares of all the, uh, of all the sections of land and everything and the circle. I mean, all that. It's just amazing how perspective see, is when you get higher. So look at Ephesians 1. We're going to read verses 1 through uh, verse 3 and then on down. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places through Christ Jesus. It's in Christ. So what do we need to do? We work so hard to get blessed, but the Bible says you're already blessed. You're blessed. Well, I, I need to buy the book on seven ways to be blessed. I'll give you one verse that tells you you're blessed. How do I get blessed? How do I get this? What do I have to do? Believe the Word of God. Believe God's Word. See, we think we have to add something, do something, change something. You just have a wrong perspective because you're trying to view God's Word looking horizontally and you're seeing all your problems and everything against you and you think, man, this isn't working in my life. No, that's just an obstacle that God's going to move. That's just a barrier that has to move. These things have to move. Can you say amen? God is going to bring his word to pass in our life. And look at verse uh, 19 through 23 here. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Watch it. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? That verse ought to set you free. God's got exceeding great power working towards you when you believe on his son, Jesus Christ. Now, what kind of power? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. How many know dead is an obstacle? <laughs> He's dead. That's an obstacle. Amen. But the power of God worked overcoming death, hell, and the grave. And that's why Paul said in Romans, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will also quicken and make alive your mortal body. <laughs> Amen. But we don't, we, oh yeah, he'll quicken, make alive my mortal body. Glory to God. Amen. Turn the page. Amen. No. <laughs> Selah, pause, calmly meditate. Think about what you just read. Amen? So, look, according to which which power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly place. So, Jesus is seated where? 
at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Watch this. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So Jesus' authority established for all of eternity over your life and in your life and all of your life for all of eternity. And look at this. And he put all things where? Under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You are a member. You're born again. You're a member of the body of Christ. You are the fullness of him. The body is the fullness of him who fills all in all in the earth. That's an elevated view of life. Are you with me? Now, watch this next verse, verses 2, 4 through 7 out of chapter 2. But God, somebody say, but God. I love the but God verses in the Bible. Some of the best. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Look at your neighbor and tell him you are greatly loved. Think about it. With which his great love, which which everybody look up here just for a moment. Sean and I were talking about it yesterday just for a moment, and, and, and I prayed during communion. But it's such reality. People today want so much affirmation. You want people to like every post. Well, nobody liked my post on Facebook. I don't have any friends. They like. That's an alternate reality, guys. Facebook is not real. It's just a place where people say stuff and look at stuff and do it's, it's Okay. So don't, don't take that as, as a, uh, 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 a report card on your value. Amen? That had nothing to do with who you are in that and doing all that stuff. So anyway, you know, friends are people you see face-to-face. You talk to mano y mano. You relate with in flesh. Amen? If you have 9,000 friends on Facebook, but you only know three of them, you need help. Amen? And don't be liking everybody overseas. I'm just saying. You wonder, how my Facebook page gets had? Because you like you-know-who. Amen. Anyway, moving right along. Don't say yes. Are you doing all right? So watch it. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together where? Who? With Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now why? And raised us where? up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you right now, where are you seated in Christ right now? So you have to have a positional view of your life of being seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So from there, that should be your vantage point of perspective at looking at every issue that you face in life. If you're looking at life on a horizontal level and not from a vertical level of being elevated and seated with Christ and now looking down upon every situation from that perspective, you're missing out on the fullness of the promise of God that is yours in Christ. Amen. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Just say this with me. That's a higher perspective. 
That's a higher perspective about life, seeing yourself seated with him in heavenly places. See, Jesus said of the Holy Spirit when he would come that he would show us things to come, meaning he will give you an elevated view into the future. The Holy Spirit shows you things to come by taking you up and revealing things to you. So this morning I was asking the Lord, said, how can I illustrate this? And it actually started out with just one ladder, but then God's creative ability working with my creative mind came up with this. Amen. So watch it. So every decision we make in Christ is like climbing a ladder that lifts us above the course of this world. And so I just want you to think about the ladder as God's word and your prayer life. So when you start applying your life to the word of God and giving God's word its valuable place in your life that it deserves and adding a pr- pr- your prayer and entering into communication and fellowship with God in prayer, in a prayer life, your life begins to be elevated. So this is how it begins. We start over here, uh, uh, number one, is that we begin with repentance and the confession of our sin. So I get up on the first rung, and so I- I'm repenting. And then as soon as I repent and I ask for forgiveness, then the Bible says I'm born again. Amen. And his spirit comes and lives on the inside of me. God renews his spirit on the inside of me. And then the moment that I'm born again, I'm also baptized into the body of Christ. And it says, 1 Corinthians 12, that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into his body, makes us a member of the body of Christ. The sad part is most Christians are happy to live right here. I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I'm a member of the body of Christ. Glory to God. But then the next part is, is that repent, and the moment you repent and you're saved, you're baptized into the body, but the next phase is to go to step number three, which is water baptism. So now I'm baptized in water, I identify with his death, and now I'm raised up in newness of life. And so I'm I'm living in newness of life, brand new life. Man, this is a much better perspective. Amen. I'm feeling bigger and you're looking smaller. (laughs) Amen. Now, if when you get up there, everything changes. God gets bigger. When you climb the ladder of God, God gets bigger. Life gets smaller. Perspective and height changes everything. Well, that'd be good, but why not go to step number four? And be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And filled with Because Jesus appeared to his disciples and he breathed on them, said, Receive the Holy Ghost in John chapter 20. But then he said, Go wait in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. So that when you walk and you live for me, you won't have to do it in your own strength. I will empower you by my spirit. I'll give you my power. I'll put my gift. The manifestation of the spirit will be in your life. The manifestation, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to pray with all. I'll give you a prayer language. You don't even know, have to know how to pray. The Holy Spirit will make intercession through you. You can pray in other tongues and make the devil mad. Amen. Amen. Tongues is the one prayer the devil can't mess up. That's why he doesn't want you praying in tongues. Amen. If you want him knowing everything you're doing, just keep praying in English. If you want to defeat him, pray in tongues. Amen. That's a whole other message. We'll move right along. So I'm on step number four. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. So the next thing that comes is I choose to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. 
I, I choose to allow the Word of God change the way I think and change my perspective. Now I've come up a little higher, and, and so I'm no longer looking at the world just from a natural level. I refuse to any longer be conformed by this world, but now I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. And then the next step, the step number six, is now I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen? And so now, and then I just go, you know what? I think I'll just live up here being seated in Christ. Woo! You go, that's scary, Pastor. You might fall. Yeah, you stay right where you're at in your fear. And I'll live seated in Christ. Amen? Because people go, well, what happens if I get too high in God? What happens if I, oh, there's so much I have to give up. Are you kidding me? I'm giving up what? I'm giving up fear. I'm giving up anxiety. I'm giving up no sleep. I'm giving up sickness and disease. I'm giving up poverty and lack. No, this is much better. Amen? And then my, my whole perspective has changed. See, I, I should have brought my notes. I could have finished my whole message from right here. Amen. Somebody hand me my notes. James, you're tall enough to do that. You could use a ladder. Won't you help me? Won't you help me? There you go. Look at that. All right. Okay, here we go. This is awesome. So what? Now let me say that this is not about, this is not about works. That isn't what this is about. This isn't about works. This is about accepting God's invitation to come up higher. Why live down there? Isn't it amazing that every time God wanted to talk to Moses, where was he at? Where did Moses have to go to encounter him? Up on the mountain. So something happens when I accept my invitation to go up higher in God. Because when I get up there and I find my place and my peace in His presence, it changes everything about my life. I feel kind of Presbyterian this morning. I'm up in the lectern. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Pray for my wife. She has to live with me. So look at the next page of your outline. Every promise to the believer in Christ is upward. Every promise to the believer in Christ is upward. This is where people miss it a lot when it comes to Bible prophecy interpretation. If you study your scriptures, every promise to the nation of Israel is earthly. Israel wants one thing. They want their land and they want the throne of David established. And they want the Messiah to come and rule and reign over them. Will you restore the kingdom to us at this time? Israel is looking for an earthly kingdom. Every promise to the church and the body of Christ is heavenly. We are not promised anything here on earth. Our hope. Every letter Paul writes is to focus your gaze upward. Every epistle gets your your gaze looking upward. Which is why Revelation 4 says, after the letter to the seven churches, after the church age is over, the letter to the seven churches brings to culmination the church age. At the end of the church age... John, representative of the church, goes up into heaven. And God begins to deal with Israel and the fulfillment of the earthly promise to establish his kingdom on the earth again and come as Messiah. When he comes back, he's coming back as Messiah. And when he shows up, he's establishing his kingdom. And he rules the nations with a rod of iron for a thousand years. Amen? And so that's the fulfillment. But the church is looking at that from a heavenly perspective. And then at the culmination of all things, we, uh, heaven and earth come back together. Are you with me? 
So every promise to the believer is heavenly. Our blessed hope is his return and our being gathered to him. Colossians 3, if you read it, if you're raised with Christ, then seek those things which are above. Amen. Paul says, I'm living for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, too many have settled for walking over climbing. We settle just to walk instead of climbing. This is your rightful place to be seated here and looking at everything in your life from this perspective. We, we live down there, but that's not where my perspective is. I live in the earth, but my perspective of life is from heaven. Are you with me? That's so important for us to understand. Don't try this at home. I'm a trained professional. What happens is, is that we run at this place and we get there and we can maintain that for a while. But the next thing you know, life has responsibilities and starts placing demands on our time. So it takes time to climb a ladder. It takes effort. It takes investment. But, you know, I married a wife. We had some kids. Bought a house. I got a job. have to deal with all these issues. And there's so many things about life that pull us down off of the ladder with God. And then we find ourselves seated in the world. And then we get discouraged because we're seeing, all we can see is life at the same level of everybody else. And we're wondering why we're having the same conflicts, trials, and opposition that the world is having. You know, Thursdays, we were at the pastor's meeting with Francis Chan, and he was just ministering. And he brought it up about, he said, the thrill is gone. I immediately thought about the B.B. King song. But B.B. King sang the blues. He sang the blues. And one of his most favorite songs, just the thrill is gone. <coughs> and it was about his relationship with the woman that he was in, uh, the, a woman that he was in a relationship with, about the thrill is gone in his relationship. And I just felt the Spirit of God quicken this to me. He sang it as a blues song, but the question is how many in the church are singing it as a reality in their relationship with God? The thrill is gone. You know what? I think it's exciting to get up on that ladder. Well, Pastor, you're too old. In your opinion, not mine. You should, see, people say, well, you should be more careful at your age. Says who? Why? Why live by imposed restrictions from outside voices? See, I mean, it's as simple as that. That's a kind of a crazy illustration. But we have people tell, well, you know, you should, you should be winding down. You should be doing the, all these other things. Where, where is that written? I, I want to live by what is written, not by what is said by people who live from a diminished position. Are you doing all right? So in that, so when the truth is we have an invitation from God himself to come up higher. Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16 says this. He says, But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into, in all things into Him. So the goal of God is that we grow up. We don't just stay at this level down here. It, yeah, this is good. Th this is where we enter. I repent. I confess. I'm born again. That's where I begin. I don't stay here. There's a whole lot more to go to. Amen? 
And so go ahead, be water baptized, identify with this death, be raised up. The reality, man, I'm raised in newness of life. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Man, when I came out of that grave, my old man stayed there. I'm a brand new person in Christ. You get a hold of that. Nobody can impose the, the, the rejection or the failures of your past. You say, hey, you know what? I, I, I love what Catherine Kuhlman said. Catherine Kuhlman had a powerful statement. She says, I, I can take you to the motel room and, 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 and the place where, and, and show you the corner in the room where Catherine Kuhlman died. And every time I go back to New Life Assembly, my home church, the, 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 the platform's on the side, and, and they have a, uh, the baptistry there, but in the back they had a prayer room, classroom area back there, and two doors on the side. And every time I walk into that church, I remember, I walked through that door right there, and I... And I I, I should have kept the metal chair, but they have metal chairs back there. But that's where I died. I went into that prayer room and I died. And I go back and I remember, that's where my grave is. You want to talk to me about my path? You go to New Life Assembly on Jan Boga. You go back in that prayer room because that's where a dead dawn lies. He died right there. He's buried right there. And I got baptized in that baptismal. And I've been raised in newness of life. The old man is gone. The new has come. Can you say Amen. But see, something has to happen because life is a continual reminder. The devil doesn't want you getting up here. He wants you to get up here, take a look, and go, wow, that's awesome. But then he wants to remind you of the things that cause you to come back down. And you get good, good, well-meaning believers say, oh, you know, you just, but reality says. You want to get too far off in that face stuff. You don't want to live by reality, the reality of all that stuff. Well, glory to God, live in reality. I choose to walk by faith. Can you shout amen? Woo! Hallelujah. Let's put it like this. What are you going to do? See, even when you're looking at different things, when I said last week, I said it, that since we bought this building, we've been facing financial challenges. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why, what's happened with our finances. And I said, Lord, I might have to say something. I never have done it in 36 years, and I don't feel like doing it now. And I, I just said, I said, we're in a challenge, but God's going to bring us through. You know what? We got a supernatural miracle in the mail this week. Somebody mailed us money. Glory to God. That's what Janet said when she ran up the stairs in my office. <laughs> Amen. See, but, but when, you refuse, when you refuse to be moved by what you see, I know, I, how many know what I'm saying? I hope you can hear this this morning as the worship team comes back. See, the only way to be an effective member of the body of Christ is by giving to the supply of the whole, to the need of the whole. In order for that to happen, I must go up higher to get a different perspective on life. I have to be able to see what God has or that God has ordained a purpose for my life as an effective member of his body, contributing to the need of the whole. Hear me this morning. Every penny we spend on anything in this world is an investment in temporal things that will not last. How many bought your house and never had to do another thing to it? It's just the same as the day you bought it. Never had to fix anything. Never had to repair anything. You bought your car. It's driving. It still smells like the day you drove it off the lot. Everything is just fine. There's not a scratch, not a dent, not a bump. Your tires have lasted forever. They're like the shoes on the, on the nation of Israel going through the wind. Bless God, you've been driving that car for 40 years and the tires are still brand new. No. Everything in this life wears out. But we invest so much of our life because we live on such a natural level with such natural perspective. But when we invest in the kingdom, 
It's transformed from being temporal to being eternal. Every penny you invest in the kingdom of God goes from being temporal to being eternal. That's why Jesus said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where they don't rust and corrupt. Amen? So we can easily become caught up in the trap of placing more value on the things of this world that are temporal and depreciate with time than on things of the kingdom that appreciate in value for all of eternity. Now I put this to close from 1 Peter chapter 1. Just as a way for us to read this about our salvation and elevate our view. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, then I invite you to do these first two things. Repent and ask God for forgiveness and be born again. And then we'll help you get water baptized. And then we'll help you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then we'll help you in renewing your mind. Amen? And then we'll help you in walking by faith and not by sight. Amen? Hallelujah. That's God's will. But I want you to listen to what Peter, writing to the church, says this. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago and His Spirit has made you holy. Wow. Glory to God. That makes me feel better. Amen. As a result, you have obeyed Him and been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Wow, He has more grace for my life. That's exciting. Amen. All praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept for you in heaven. I have an inheritance in heaven. You have an inheritance in heaven. It's been kept there for you. Pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Outside of the realm of this world, beyond the, your, your inheritance is there. That's God's promise. And through your faith, God is project, protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. And it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong, through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him, 
though you have not seen him. You know, I've never seen a vision of Jesus. But I've seen his goodness to me in his word. I see him every day through his promises kept. And when I just live in the elevated place that he's offered to every one of us to live, I'm able to see above, and no matter what is in front of me, my perspective on life is always a place of peace. Because I know this too shall pass. You know, we got the good news on our dear brother Ron Brazo that his scan is clear in his blood for the cantilever. Amen. So they're just going to do the checkup scans and do all that, and then over the next, they periodically over the next five years, and just to watch that. But I, that's the same thing they said to me after three months of being on hepatitis C and, and radiation. They said, you know, uh, you're all clear. I said, well, can we stop? They said, no. Anyway, but, uh, so, but I've been clear for almost 12 years now. Amen. Why? Because when they first told me that I had hepatitis C, the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me, and I just told the doctor, I said, that's okay, this too shall pass. Amen. Because I have bubonic plague, and I'm still here. I had the black death. I think that's worse than, than hepatitis C. It's teasing. Amen. And so what happened? Ron Brazel took that word, and he had a wristband made up, and everybody in his family, people around him, and the wristband said, this too shall pass. Are you listening? So when you get up to a place of elevation, it doesn't matter what's going on around you, because from here, everything you see and everything you come in contact with on the natural, you might not be able to see through it, but God sees over it. And when you get up here, you get to see what He sees, and you know this is not my end. God, that's where I'm going. I see it. It is afar off, but I am going there, and I will arrive there. Amen. Though you do not see him, you know him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for your trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. Look at this last part. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when He told them in advance about Christ's suffering and His great glory afterward. They were told that their message, messages were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preach in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Let me give it to you like this. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And when you live there, you see the plan of God is more than just about your life. But you're a part of His eternal plan. And you're sitting there watching the plan of God unfold for your life. And the angels are like, can I watch with you? That is, God is doing His plan of redemption. And you're in a cloud of witnesses with God and the angels in glory watching His plan unfold. And there's nothing the devil can do about it because Jesus has been exalted over Him, over all principality and power. And you are seated with Him in heavenly places. You are the victorious one. I want to challenge you today. Raise your sight. Change your perspective. And receive God's invitation to come up a little bit higher. Would you stand with me this morning? morning. I'm going to come down to your level and help you out.
God just says this. He says, hey, come up higher. Come up higher. Maybe you're here today. If I get a couple guys, just fold those off and set those over to the side for me, please. Maybe you're here today. You've been discouraged. You've been up against something. I don't don't know what it is. But I'm telling you, there's another direction I wanted to go. And the Lord just told me, preach this message, come up higher. And that's the word of the Lord to you today is just come up higher. And there's something about just seeing yes to God and letting things slide. Maybe you're here today and you just need to say, God, I need to get back on your word. I need to give it a a higher place in my life. I I, I remember the day when when I believed all this. I was seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. My confession was in line with your word. But now it seems like I'm just like everybody else. I'm just approaching everything from a natural level. And there's something in you that God's stirring. And and you want to just accept that call just to go higher. And it begins with just a taking a step. Because answering an altar call isn't about confessing, you know, something wrong with your life. It's a declaration saying yes to God and it's a moving towards God. God, I want to move towards you just like they sang in that song. God, I'm going to move into your presence. I'm going to lay things aside. I just want to spend time with you in your presence. I want everything else to fall away. If you're hungry to accept his call and to come up higher, then I just want you to move from wherever you are. Could be the whole church. Could be two people. I don't know what God's doing. He did something in first service. But what's on your heart? Where are you? Are you tired of the natural? Are you tired like me? I mean, it rose up in me on that boat a little lady sitting there and here we are with the life of God we have this treasure in earthen vessels and all we want to do is give her a dramamine or a shot or something else when God says hey these signs follow them that believe they lay their hands on the sick God elevate my view so I can walk in your word and in my life come on if you're hungry for an elevated walk with God just move up to this altar this morning let's worship God for a moment let's allow the Holy Spirit to do something fresh and renew something fresh in our life. If that's you, move as they lead us in worship.